Hi, friends and family. Welcome to another week of No One Told Me. My name is Callie, and on this podcast, we just want to make hindsight a priority. We believe that hindsight is everything, because how many times have you found yourself in a situation where you're like, hey, why did no one tell me about this? Why didn't anyone tell me this might happen? What I should do? What I should feel? That's what we're here for. Those are the things that we're talking about every single Monday. So if it's your first time here, we're so excited to have you along with us. And if you're one of our old faithfuls who have been, gosh, old faithful sounds like I'm aging you guys. I don't mean to do that. I just mean you're my OGs. You've been around every Monday. I'm happy you're here too. Or if you're just dabbling, just trying some new things out. No matter what, I get really excited to hear from you guys. So make sure you're following us on Instagram at N-O-T-M podcast or Surprise, we have a Facebook group that we just launched a couple weeks ago that I love to hear your all's thoughts and opinions in. And that is No One Told Me on Facebook. I would love to see you there too. And you know what else? Just one more thing. I just, I have all the things today. If you really like what you hear, if you like No One Told Me, make sure to tell people about it. That might mean screenshotting while you're listening. That might mean just pulling a quote that you like and posting it to your socials, whatever it is. I get really, really, really excited and thankful when you all do that. So here's the deal. Have you ever said this or heard this? This is just for now. Things will slow down. That right there is a direct quote from yours truly that I say to my husband every two months or so when he tells me we have too much going on. It's a pattern. Every time I do the work to take something away, I just end up adding something back in. You know, my pastor, he actually just said it this way. He said, if you're going to add, you have to subtract. But you know, I have this habit of just letting life happen to me. And I've pretty much prided myself in my ability to fly by the seat of my pants, just scrambling along, making things happen. Like one of those little sand crabs when the light hits it and it goes scrambling to find a little place to settle down. That is me all times. That's a visual for you. You're welcome for that. But good grief. It is exhausting. I am tired. My brain is just, it's trying to compute too fast. And in my effort to keep up, I start slipping a little in a lot of places. And then I'm frustrated. And when you layer on frustration with exhaustion, I know you all know what I'm talking about. Let's just say my fuse is pretty short and I'm a breath away from spewing words and thoughts that probably need to stay unspoken and unthought. I'm looking at you lady in front of me at Target who got in front of me with your 207 items literally sprinted down so you could get there first. But in that scenario, I just set it all with my eyes. You know what I mean? You just stare real hard and wait for him to look at you. Or like when someone cuts you off and you drive by and you just stare real hard at them when you go by. I don't know if it's effective, but it's very satisfying. So, but the truth of it is, I'm not trying to be cliche or the old person in the room talking to kids these days. But seriously, the older you get, the busier you are. I am drowning in just busyness. And it's not all worth it. With that same age comes this better ability to step back and broaden your view to see the fullness of what needs to take a priority instead of the urgency of what forces its way in. I've heard it said so many times, just because it's urgent doesn't mean it's important. There's a difference. What's important are things that you have made a priority, the things that you are sticking to, that you know are the, the they need to be the front lines. But then what's urgent, it usually comes from a circumstance or a person and they are forcing it or it is forcing its way to the front of your mind. And that means what's important kind of falls to the wayside, right? So how well are you filtering what's important and what's urgent? I'm not doing great. 
And so a couple weeks ago, I found myself asking one of my favorite people and longtime mentors to spend some time with me so I could hear his thoughts on the mixed bag of emotions that I'm feeling around purpose and progress and patience. Do you see what I did there with the peas? Is that not so satisfying? I don't, I just got real proud of that. So anyways, I had a conversation with Don Wilson, who I've lovingly called nuthead since childhood for reasons I still to this day can't fully explain. But I asked him some questions. I asked, what, is, what does it mean to find balance? How do you know you're settling into your purpose? How do you make sure across all seasons of life to hold tight to what you know you're meant to do, but still hold it loosely enough to hear when you need to make some adjustments? How do you pursue success personally and professionally without sacrificing your greatest responsibilities? He, like only he can, spent a lot of time correcting my way of thinking. I was approaching it all wrong. And I made sure to bring my recording stuff along because if there's one thing I do know, there aren't many times I don't need to record mine and Don's conversations because they are just that good. Well, we have you back another round because we just completed, not even, we're not even out of it yet. It was one of the hardest seasons. And I thought, who better to help us navigate all of it than our our beloved nuthead back again? Well, I don't know that I've navigated it well, but I've survived it to this point. What are a couple things that you learned while staying at home? What did you think some of us missed learning in this season? Well, uh, first of all, uh, to slow down the rhythm of my life. Mm. Uh, and I'm, I'm not talking about time busyness, just the the pace at which we live. Uh, we live in such a fast-paced world that we tend to run 90 miles an hour. And this forced me to slow down to 55 at least, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, I was reading in Psalm 46 recently in, in, in some Bible study. And the songs are such a wonderful thing. There are songs of ascent and songs, uh, songs, psalms of descent. Mm. And the Jewish people would sing them when they were going up to Jerusalem to the temple and when they were leaving. Psalm 46 is a song of descent. So they would go to the temple for worship and, and sacrifice, or maybe they were there for one of the big festivals. And when they would leave, and, and Jerusalem's on a mountain— and the temple's at the highest point in the city, right? At least at that time it was. And uh, they would sing these. Uh, I, I recently found out there's actually a branch of the Presbyterian Church that uh, uh, actually all they sing are psalms from the wow. Old Testament set to music. That's the only hymn book they have. Can you imagine that? And I'm I just, just imagining imagine that on a Sunday. Seeing Jews, Jewish people coming out of, out of Jerusalem, down the mountain, going home, maybe like when Jesus was 12, right? Because he made that journey mm-hmm. every year. And when his family, his mom and dad left and he wasn't in the caravan, maybe they were singing this psalm as they left, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's an amazing psalm. It say, he says, it begins with, God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in time of trouble. Mm-hmm. And it's that psalm. The, the strength and the refuge, he's my strong tower, he's my provider, he is my power. And, and then on down, verse 10, that sense of God's goodness and power and love, it's where he drops in, the, the writer drops in, be still and know that I am God. Mm. Different translations, cease striving 
and know that I am God. So I think this season has helped me to not strive so much mm-hmm. and hear from God clearer. It's been a very productive time in my own devotional life. Mm-hmm. I started doing a couple of things different that I've never done before and journaling, and it's really, really been good. The challenges was when I came back to the office mm-hmm. and getting back into the routine, not falling back into that striving mentality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember when I read it, but it was talking about someone said, how do you find balance? And she said, I realize that balance is not a thing. You're not ever going to find a perfect balance to anything, but you can find a healthy rhythm. And she said, I made it my goal to create healthy rhythms in my life, knowing Mm -hmm. there will always be more of something than something else. So balance, not an option, but these healthy rhythms are what's going to help me sustain my pace longer. Yeah. And I think my rhythm is kind of not slowed down chronologically or time-wise, but as far as rhythm, it's a gentler rhythm now. Mm-hmm. And I, so that's kind of what I'm taking out of this time. Uh, what do you think? I know some of us, we all learned something different. But do you think some of us missed learning something in this season? Do you think there's an overarching theme that maybe we skipped past throughout this season? Yes, I, because I think a lot of people have become so fearful That it's begun to control and color everything. And fear is toxic to hearing from God because mm-hmm. it makes you want to go hide. Mm-hmm. And I th- a lot of people, especially in my age group, being older now, a lot of older people just kind of isolated and cut themselves off. And, and they don't get out. They don't go anywhere. They don't go to the store. They don't do anything. And they're scared to death they're going to contract COVID, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that fear of circumstance mm-hmm. causes us to miss a lot. Mm-hmm. And and then just all the noise of the culture, how everything's become so politicized. Everything's so loud. It's yes. so loud. And so I'm really working at turning all that volume down so that the, the volume of God can Mm-hmm. How, louder. Are you, how are you turning it down? I don't watch news. I don't listen to news. I don't listen to the noise. I, I got one or two uh, objective resources that I hear. And other than that, I just don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't watched a, a TV newscast in probably a year because mm-hmm. I just don't do it. And And then when I do go look for news... I go to a couple of resources that are not loud mm-hmm. and they're pretty objective from my from my worldview mm-hmm. but like the national TV stuff I just don't do mm-hmm. it's just ugh. but a lot of people in this season too I mean you touched on this whole piece of striving and the sense that it's like we're always working towards something to make us feel valuable or to make us feel like we're worthwhile and lots of people realized they were finding their purpose just in progress and taking one more step forward but it felt like all progress was just at this standstill for a time as everyone kind of scrambled to figure out you know their place in it all but do you see people tying their purpose into what they do i know i do Mm. uh it's almost like how do you not 
you know? Well, again, it's the culture that's taught us that. And, you know, I think Satan, it's one of his favorite strategies, schemes, to get us to live a distracted life is to think that my purpose, my value, my worth is is in what I do. And so several years ago, I, I personally kind of immersed myself in 2 Corinthians 5. I think it's one of the most critical chapters in the New Testament for the Christian. Because Paul talks about ambition and purpose and love and potential and and our, our our mission and all of those things there in Second Corinthians five and in, in verse nine he he is talking about he's just come out of talking about everything in our physical existence is temporal he describes it as a tent and that God is building a building for us in eternity and then he says therefore whether I'm present here or with him I live today my ambition. Is to please Christ. Well, now, as I get, I'm getting older, Callie, I'm trying to learn to simplify my life. I'm becoming a minimalist, if you will. And that rang true for me. Mm. If I live today to please Christ, that's got to be enough. So what you think of my performance really should not impact that. That if I've lived today to please Christ and I've I've approached doing that and Christ is pleased with me and you're not, that shouldn't bother me. That's a you and God thing, not a you and me thing. Oh, that's so hard though. Yeah. It's so hard. But but it, there's unbelievable freedom in that. Mm-hmm. That, okay... I'm going to live today to please Christ in everything I do and say, in my interactions with people, in my thoughts. Am I going to hit that goal every day? No, but it's what I'm striving for. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I, I, that's been my mission. That's been my purpose. That's been my goal. And Christ looks at me and goes, okay, good day. Mm. That's, that's all I need. I love that you use that same word again, striving. And it's almost if you put them side by side in the scenarios we were talking about is before I think all of this hit, we were striving for temporal security. We were striving for the things that here and now make us feel worth it and worthwhile. And I'm not even talking about at a job. I think this can happen in the home. I think this can happen in school. I think we're constantly striving to prove something. Yeah. And I love that you put those side by side in that it's there's the difference in your life it can make what you're striving for and what you're going after. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden from your striving, and I will give you rest. Take my load on you. It's light and easy. I relate that to pleasing him. If I live to please him, that's singular. I can focus there. I know what that looks like. I don't get confused about that. And if I can go there, then that's a light load. Mm -hmm. But if I'm trying to perform at a certain level to get a certain somebody to say, okay, good job, that's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And that's heavy. And where does it end? It never ends. Mm -hmm. It just continues to pull you into that, what we talked about further, that fast-paced rhythm of life where you just get to the end of the day and you're exhausted. Mm -hmm. 
Emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of it. Yeah, all of it. Your whole soul is just wore out. Mm-hmm. Where the days that I do a good job of pleasing, living to please Jesus, I get to the end of the day and I'm ready. Thank you, Lord. There's a deep sense of well-being there. How often do you have to stop yourself and remind yourself of that? Uh, 150 times a day? Yeah. Uh, no, it's a constant mm-hmm. mindset battle. I may be in a, in a in a in a counseling appointment with someone, and and I get caught up in in what's going on in their lives, and I I start running with them at the pace they're going, and all of a sudden I could feel myself just deflating, mm-hmm. and then I got to stop and hit reset, go back to there, get the freedom, mm-hmm. and then move on from there. And I may have to do it multiple times. The good news is. Jesus says, listen, it doesn't matter how many times you do it, just as long as you keep doing it. Practically, what does it look like? I think about, for me personally, someone gave this analogy, and it was so good. So if you were in the digital side at the beginning of this pandemic, you didn't slow down. You amped up. You went from a jog to a sprint because you just had to rethink everything you were doing and continue to push out content and everything else. So it was the opposite for me. I went the complete other direction, overwhelmingly so. But now I don't know how to not sprint anymore because we sprinted for so long. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to figure out that sprinting, that striving, what's a good first step to start recreating healthy habits where you're not striving to accomplish a certain amount of things a day or to satisfy whoever or whatever goal you might have, but instead you're striving to make sure that you are leaning into Jesus and bringing glory to him with everything you do throughout the day. What's a first step? Well, I think the reality is we all have environments in our lives, places in our lives where we have to strive and we have to work and we have to, sprint right mm-hmm. but th- but that can't become the sustained expectation of my whole life mm-hmm. I-, I go back to i think we've talked about before the the principle of observing the sabbath rest that we so ignore in modern life that god's designed us to need that we need to take time to rest in him that's what worship and the sabbath is supposed to be and you can do that in a moment in time during the day right? You need to have it as a part of your daily schedule that, okay, this is where I'm going to have experience the Sabbath rest, right? Mm-hmm. Hebrews talks about this, the, the Sabbath rest. that, And it's not so much an activity as it is a spirit, mm-hmm. that I'm just going to God and resting in him and knowing that he is my refuge, he is my strength, that if I'll be still I will know him, and I will know his personality, and I will know his character, and I will know his love, and I'll know his confidence. And you do that in the morning, hopefully you start your day out with a time with God. That's the primary purpose of that. The purpose of that is not to know more scripture mm-hmm. or to check off your prayer list. The purpose is to know God mm-hmm. in that moment and rest in that and then get up and go to the day. And for me... I may go to about ten thirty, and I'll need to hit, I'll need to do it again. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes to that mindset of Christ likeness. You know, it's the whole pray without ceasing mindset mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I'm constantly aware of the presence of Christ, and He's never far from me, mm-hmm. and I'm never far from Him. Mm-hmm. And that awareness. So I think I, I think it's 
It's again, we, we keep talking about the rhythm. It's the rhythm of my life, mm-hmm. not the schedule, not the sprint. The rhythm is in Christ. Eugene Peterson in the message, he said, I will teach you my unforced rhythms of grace. And I love that phrase has always stuck with me, those unforced rhythms of grace that Jesus isn't going to force us on it. And you're not going to live a life with Jesus that feels forced or at a pace you can't sustain that he's trying to teach us these unforced rhythms of grace every day. Yeah. Yeah. Grace is such a wonderful place to be. Right? Uh, I reminded somebody today, I love Lamentations 3, God's mercies are new every morning. So whatever I need for today, God's already got for me. His mercy and his grace is there. I just have to get get in the flow of that. Mm-hmm. But I find that when I get out of rhythm, then I'm running two days without tasting the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And then I get crazy. Mm. I get psycho. That's a listen, that's an understatement for what I feel like the past uh, four months have been like. <laughs> <laughs> so we said there's we can find ourselves finding purpose in progress. But then you you take a broader view of it and you see that there's purpose that comes with each life stage and purpose that kind of weaves itself throughout your life. How have you noticed those two things being different? And how did you navigate the tension between the two? Well, when I was younger, not well. Mm. Hopefully, as I age, I'm doing better. But I think I'm going to go back to the the overriding theme that I'm kind of working under right now is, okay, my purpose today is to please Christ, to to live in such a way that people notice him, not me. Mm. That's the deal. Now, whatever role I'm in at a different season in my life, that's going to look different how it works out. For instance... My role as a husband, that's been consistent for 42 years now. Mm. Now, my role as a husband is to please Christ by loving Janie as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Mm. Okay? I'm becoming, as I said earlier, I'm becoming very minimalistic in my in my approach to life. I'm trying to cut off all the, the fat stuff and just get to the to the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is if I'm loving Janie in a way that pleases Christ today, and she's good, mm-hmm. right? If I'm ple- seeking to please Christ when I'm setting in a counseling appointment with somebody who's struggling with a specific issue, my job is not to fix them. Mm-hmm. My job is to please Christ and let him flow through me to them to give them the direction they need, right? Mm-hmm. Okay? And so, again, it goes back to the overarching purpose of my life, filtering down to the different seasons and roles that I have. Because, you know, I turned 70 three weeks ago. Okay? It's really disgusting. I uh, can't believe you said that right before we started recording, and I thought, there's no way. Uh, well, I had a good friend of mine who called me that we turned 70 in the summertime together. We have birthdays. And so she called me and said, happy birthday. And I said, well, thank you. She said, doesn't it sound weird to say you're 70? And I go, yeah, it really does. Weird in yeah. a good way? No, there's nothing good about it. <laughs> no, no. 
you know, we talked about even what you just touched on is the overarching purpose and it all weaves down and trickles down. But to dig deeper into it, you know, a lot of times you have your overarching purpose in a season of life. Let's say you have toddlers at home. You're, you're a mom of littles who are at home, but you're also a working parent. And so it's, you know, your purpose at work that you feel fulfilled by and you know, your purpose at home that you also feel fulfilled by. And there's a tension that grows there of, okay, I want to be in both places, but I don't know how to be in both places. And it's almost like you feel like you're letting one side down at the cost of the other one, or you're spending one time, more time in a place that maybe you need to be focused somewhere else. How do you, in your 70 years of wisdom, how did you learn to find a rhythm? Because that's the thing I want, I'm speaking about me personally, I want that rhythm. I want to figure out how to do both things, but I'm starting to think, is it possible to find it or is it constantly going to be one thing is way more than the other? Well, let's, uh, you want the good news or bad news? I don't know. Let's do bad news. Let's start with the bad news. We live in a fallen world. Mm. So there's always going to be that tension because we live in a broken place and we're broken people. So we're never going to attain where we need to be until we get home. I did the graveside service for a lady in our church who passed away, and she was such a faithful servant of God. But one of the things I said was, uh, "She's at home. She's this. We're not made for here. We're made for eternity. And at your age, you can't get that like I can at seventy. I get it now, right? But the reality is, there's always going to be those tensions that create." create friction and you have to navigate them in the moment under the grace of God and with with the with the spirit of God in you as best you can and but you're never going to arrive here you're never going to get there it's never going to feel like all right everything's equal and even and we're we're making it yeah several years ago there was a big thing can you really have it all well in this world due to sin no No, because we live in a fallen world and we're fallen people. And that's not pessimistic. That's not negative. That's just reality. But we still have an end goal that we're working toward. And you're still working toward that. And and here's the thing. This newness that God gives every day, it's got a direction to it. He gives us new mercy and grace every day to move us down the road. Toward him. It's the process, the Bible calls it sanctification, being set apart for God's use. Well, that's a progressive work that God's constantly doing. My, my thing is I've got to come up with some sense of how do I, how do I measure that, okay? Mm-hmm. So is there more peace, more rhythm, more joy than there was a year and a half ago? Or am I still stuck where I was? Then, then I got to address that, because and that's not a that's not a people problem. That's a me and God problem. That's not a a personal relationship problem. That's a me and God relationship problem. So I got to work it out with Him, and then work it out in other people, right? And and I love how it circles back to even what we talked about at the beginning, and that's 
not striving toward a perfect balance or a perfect rhythm that you feel comfortable with, but striving toward a growing relationship Yes, with Jesus and that that will trickle down into everything else so that that tension doesn't feel quite as tense, that yeah. that friction isn't quite as painful because you know the, the scope that you're looking at it through. Yeah. It's perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hope at 70, my perspective is, uh, higher and better than it was when I was 20. Mm-hmm. If not, what's the point? Get further down the road. You're yeah. 70 years down the road. Yeah. That's How old. many more times can I mention that before we finish? Well, just keep, keep going. You're, you're <laughs> causing me to have stress and friction in my life. And but we live in a fallen world. So yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> so for anyone, and I know there's so many who are still – Either their purpose has changed in sense of like what they're meant to do here on earth, you know, like pointing people to Jesus. They're thinking, okay, how do I most effectively do that? What does it look like to do that in my daily life? For anyone who feels like they haven't really stepped into a purpose or they're trying to figure out what it is, how would you advise them at this point? Check their definition of purpose. What am I measuring that by? What, how do I define that? Am I, am I agreeing with God? Or am I trying to figure something else out? Early on, I had a lot of different ideas about that that didn't coincide with God's hmm. understanding mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and why he created me, right? You know, uh, there's some of the, you know, John Piper's real big on we live for the glory of God, right? Well, we do. We're created for him. That's it's the so deal. Funny. You find yourself, and that's probably my age so showing, but I find myself thinking, okay, and what else? You know, like, that's great. I love, I agree. I love it. But I'm honestly, to be completely vulnerable and genuine about it, my first thought was, okay, and what else? Yeah. Because in our fallen state, mm-hmm. we kind of try to substitute other things for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ever talk to a really old person about ready to die? That's in Christ. Am I right now? Or oh, thank you. Okay, all right. <laughs> Cheap shot on Callie's part. Uh, no, I mean really close. Oh, I love you so much. Uh, they just had this peace about them because they realize I'm almost done. Mm-hmm. I'm almost home. Mm. You know, a friend of a friend, his wife. Um, was dying of cancer Mm. and he texted his friend and said she passed away last night but it was really beautiful because you know she settled into a peace about it and he was so at peace as well and it's still going to be painful I can't imagine the pain of losing your wife and and the mother of your kids but the way he described it just and it was just a couple sentences and he said it was it was really beautiful to get to be there with her in that and I just thought only through Jesus can you have that kind of perspective. Yeah. The tent building thing keeps ringing true for me. Mm. Everything I see and experience here right now today is temporal. Mm-hmm. It's not permanent. God is actively building for me an eternal building in, in glory. So he said to his disciples the night he was going to the cross, don't be troubled in your heart. You believe in God, believe also in me. Mm -hmm. I'm leaving, 
but when I leave, I'm going to go build you a place. And when I get it ready, I'm coming to get you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Now I got to I got to dial that back to to today, this afternoon, sitting in my office talking to a nuthead. That's 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 real. Mm-hmm. Everything here is temporal. Yeah. And that's what I keep fighting myself trying to get a grip on, even in this conversation alone is, you know, I send you all of these questions beforehand so you can mm-hmm. think through them. And, and all of them, a lot of them centered around this question about purpose. And I love slash kind of hate that you keep pointing back to the same thing because I want it to be, we'll do this, this and this, and you'll feel like you've accomplished your purpose. Why? You've done it. Well, cause that's self effort mm-hmm. and you feel good about your self effort. Mm hmm. See, even that is bankrupt mm-hmm. because it's Jesus said, if you're going to if you're going to be my follower, deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not tr- I'm not trying to be super spiritual. Yeah. Or pie in the sky. But it's actually really simple. Yes. That's what I mean by minimalistic. Yeah. At 70. When I was 35. I knew everything. I wanted to know what the next task was. What's the yeah, next step? Yeah, and you didn't even have to ask me. I'd tell you because mm-hmm. I knew everything, mm-hmm. and I could do everything. At 70, wow, I don't know what that means, God. Help me understand. And what kind of peace comes with that? You know, like the peace of knowing that same word again. You don't have to strive to get something that you think is out there that you just haven't gotten a grip on yet. That if you have made a decision to follow Jesus, you already have a grip on it. Cease striving, be still, and know that I am God. Mm -hmm. Because I'm your refuge and your strength and your strong tower. Mm -hmm. Know me. Quit striving so much, Callie. That almost feels like an, uh, I don't know if illusion is the right word. It just feels like. Passive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not. Mm-hmm. It's active. But but because our rhythm has been defined by the world, our culture, mm-hmm. right? We get caught up in that lie and we think that resting in the Lord is a passive activity. Mm-hmm. And it's not. When you can think about a million other things you could yeah. be doing that I would mean, be self-satisfying. When like, you sit down and get your Bible out and your journal and start to get time with God, what's the first thing that happens? You start thinking about everything you got to get done The rest today. of the day. What's next? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did you feel like you stepped into what you were meant to do? I mean, even if it's just, when did you, when do you feel like you finally grasped this? Two questions. One, when did you feel like you finally found the rhythm in your life that you would, would sustain you in the sense of, finding your purpose in a relationship with Jesus instead of progress or growth or a next step or a job or whatever it might be. When did you feel like I'm doing what I was meant to do and I'm at peace with it and I'm going to keep going with it? I'm not sure I've got there yet. I'm not sure I've experienced that. It's a path I'm walking, not a step I took. The The reality is the everything we've been talking about is that journey I'm on. When I when I was caught up in I'm gonna I'm God I'm essential to God's work and He can't do it without me. 
that was in my 20s and 30s when I was a student pastor and I was going to save the world. Well, that God, God helped me stop that through personal illness, suffering, where he had to help me understand, Don, I don't need you. <laughs> what I let you do is a gift from me. But I don't need you to get it done. Mm-hmm. So, and that's been a journey I've been on ever since. And a lot of these moments where I've taken a big step have come through some kind of personal suffering and challenge. Mm-hmm. Where, where God brings me to the end of myself and he goes, now let me have it. Mm-hmm. And then I take that step and then that sense of rhythm, well-being comes so, so again, it, it's, I'm still on that journey, and that's the great thing about life here. I'm still on the path, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be until he gets done. He, he's, the work that he started, he's working. Mm-hmm. And, and so, again, I don't think we need to view it as a, as a moment in time that I'm going to arrive. It's a journey we're going to be on. How do you navigate those moments when you look back? Uh, I think some of the greatest fears everyone has is regret. I mean, we talked about living a fearful life. I think it's circumstantial, but I also think it's you, you fear certain emotions that override your life. And I think regret is one of the biggest ones. You hear people say it all the time. I don't want to live with regret. I want to always do the right thing or do the best thing. In the seasons you found yourself questioning where you were versus where you thought you should be, or where you wanted to be, how did you keep yourself on the path, on that same path you just talked about? How did you keep going forward without letting these questions pop up? I think there are so many sayings in culture that are such lies and no regrets is one of those. Mm. Regret indicates that I screwed up in some way that can't be corrected. Again, that's putting it beyond the grace of God. And the sovereignty of God. Are there certain things that happen in my life that I wish I'd never done? Yeah, but that's not an anchor that pulls me back to that. Mm. God's forgiveness and God's grace and God's abundance moves me past that. Knowing that, that wasn't fatal. Mm. It wasn't fatal to my faith. It wasn't fatal to God, certainly. And ultimately, it wasn't fatal to anybody else. Mm. So why do I keep looking back that as it's a stake in the ground that I'm still tied to? It's kind of like the elephant that they train them in the circus. They tie a rope around their leg and put a stake in the ground, and after two weeks they've removed the stake and the elephant doesn't move. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way we are when we, when we have that mindset. Oh, i, I got to live with no regrets. i got to make sure I don't make a – that's just such a false narrative. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. It's almost, you know, you start to believe that um, he can't redeem every moment, even yeah. if if it's a decision you wish you hadn't made. Or it's almost treating it like regret is treating it as if he cannot redeem that. Yeah. Yeah. It's beyond the, it's, it's on beyond the love and the, and the power of God mm-hmm. because I did something that bad. Or I did something that great on the other side of it. It's you're almost actively choosing to believe that he can't redeem it, yeah. or that he won't redeem it if yes. he hasn't already, exactly. or you're not seeing that he has. Yeah, it's living in that spot and choosing to live yeah. in that same place. Yeah. For anyone who is 
trying to learn to follow, like if you're in your 20s, your 30s. I mean, this is your entire life. But I think for a lot of the younger generation, you're trying to figure out how to follow well. And then you're trying to figure out when you're a little bit older, how do you lead well? So when you look back on your life, what are some attributes of when you followed well? And what does it take to lead well? Uh, I think following men has to do with following God. Authority is God-given. God's the ultimate authority. He has given people authority in my life under his design. Ultimately, following is an issue of do I trust God enough here? Okay, I I use this illustration in marriage counseling all the time. Uh, You're to be an authority to your husband, right? Mm. That stinks, right? Because it's that dirty word, submission, Mm -hmm. right? Submission in marriage is not about trusting your husband. It's about trusting God to work through your husband, Mm -hmm. ultimately, right? And so my fellowship really are following leaders in my life, people, is about are they legitimate leaders? Has God placed them in my life for the purpose of leading me? And if so, I am called by God to willfully submit to their leadership. Ultimately, following is trusting God. Mm -hmm. The same way with leadership. If you've been called to lead, then you're called of God, and God's placed you in that position, and you have the authority to do that, right? And then you do it based on your confidence and faith in God, not necessarily in your own ability and strength. It's his calling, and you lead from that, okay? Now, that's the metric, and we go back to the, what's the metric for leadership? Am I pleasing God? Now, we can get caught up in other metrics, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. For instance, how many people are following me? Mm-hmm. I don't understand what it means to be an influencer, by the way. I don't That's think any of us really understand it. I don't and think And now I've come really to understand it basically means how many people you got following you on social media, mm-hmm. right? Whether or not I'm, I'm influential has to do with the number of people following me. And while there's some truth to that as a Christian, that's a secondary metric. Mm-hmm. The primary metric, am I pleasing God? Because if it has to do with the number of people following me, Jesus was a failure's leader. Mm. He started out with thousands. And he was the rock star. Mm-hmm. Everybody flocked to him. He ended up with 120. And the last six months of his life, he spent running people off. Mm-hmm. Right? So his, his role, again, he goes back, John 17, when you read his prayer before he, uh, coming out of the upper room. Father, I'm here. It's my time. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm here to please you. I want you to take care of these followers of mine. There's only about 120 left, mm-hmm. right? And his concern was, I followed you well, God the Father, mm-hmm. and led well from that. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna please you. I'm gonna go to the cross, mm-hmm. right? And so, ultimately. My leadership is based upon following Jesus just like everything else. Mm-hmm. And I know I keep going back to that, but that's kind of where I am right now in my own soul. Now, Ed, what do you wish you would have known in your 20s and 30s? I'll tell you what's come to my mind as I thought about that. I look at our culture and I see uh, nobody's, nobody's hearing the other person. Mm-hmm. 
I wish I'd have known how to hear better than I do now. When I was 20, I heard you, but as I heard you, I was formulating my answer and waiting for you to take a breath so I could correct you. And I think that's a lot about what's going on right now culturally. And I'm trying, God's impressed me the last six weeks that, Don, you need to be quiet and you need to listen well with all the strife that's going on, all the disagreement, all the hatefulness. What do I need to hear from people right now? And it's challenging me. I'm really having to revisit some things that I thought I knew that maybe I don't know as well as I thought I knew. And so I'm trying to listen to people. I listen to hearts. Not necessarily the words they're saying, but where they're coming from. And not lay down presuppositions and some prejudices and really hear people. And it's hard because the other way's cleaner and it doesn't more cost satisfying. Me. Yeah, and it doesn't cost me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to talk, but when I'm learning how to listen well, God's saying, "Be quiet mm-hmm. and hear." Mm-hmm. Just like, "Be still and know me." Be quiet and hear the other person. Mm. And so I think right now that's kind of what I'm, I'm thinking through and processing through on my own. We okay. are so thankful for you. And every now and again, we just have to check in with you so we can get a pulse on. Well, I appreciate on. it. It's good to see you. We don't talk much. Yeah, well, I know. It's because I don't have a good rhythm right now. Oh. I have an unsustainable pace. Okay. That's what I learned in this, this well, gathering today. Then you need to rest. Oh, I don't know how to do that. I'll figure it out. I know. Resting is intimidating for you busybodies. It really is. It's intimidating and it feels like too big of a task to figure out how to do it. Yeah. When I can just pick up something else and do it instead. You feel guilty when you're at rest, don't you? I feel so much guilt when I am at rest. And, you know, a friend of mine, Emma Kaler, we had her on back in the summer or Mm. the spring. And she said that there's a difference in laziness and resting. Yeah, absolutely. And that laziness has no purpose in it. Laziness, you're trying to waste time. Resting is purposeful. Resting is planned. Resting is you know this is what you're doing in that season. What do you do that you get the most joy out of? That's probably your resting place. Here's something I've discovered recently about. Uh, I started re- exercising again, so I do cardio on a recumbent bike at home. I try, I'm trying to ride for 40 to 50 minutes a day. Wow. So, But I put on my music. And uh, what's your music? Southern rock and roll. Old? Marshall Tucker band. Uh-huh. Although I just discovered the Tedeschi Trucks band. Listen, I can do that and ride my bike for 40 minutes and I'm rested. And you love, and that's what brings you joy. It does. It does. Mm-hmm. I love really well layered, good Southern rock and roll. That's just the endorphins from huh? your from your bike ride. Yeah. That bring you joy, just those endorphins. Yeah. yeah. No, it's the music. The music <laughs> the music gives me the motivation to ride the bike. Keep going. Yes. When'd you get your bike? Oh, I've had it for years, I just haven't used it. Just hung your clothes on it? Oh yeah. 
Yeah. So we, we, we put all the clothes in the closet and I got back on the bike. I love it. Now, is, did you start doing that in quarantine? Uh, yeah, actually. Well, after I had my physical and my doctor said, you need to get some movement. Yeah. And now I'm drinking four or five bottles of water a day. So proud of you. No, br- no bread, no Who sugar. Who says you can't teach an old dog new tricks? I love ending every episode telling you how thankful I am for you, that you would take your time to listen to what we're trying to do here. So if you loved it, or even if you have feedback, I want to hear about it. You can either hop on over to iTunes and leave us a review, or... You can just DM me on social media. Usually I'm on Instagram the most. It's at C.E. Holla. And again, I love hearing from you guys. So make sure you either write a review or send me a DM, which always seems a little bit desperate asking for it. But here I am asking anyways. Thanks again for tuning in.